Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Good morning. Good to be in the Lord's house today. Good to be a part of Church Refreshed. So thankful for all of you in the community and the community churches that are here. And uh, so grateful to have you participate. Good to have our students here. And um, thank you for coming and, and being a part of this. And I, I noticed that it said required <laughs> in the announcement, right? So anyway, it's okay. I hope that I have something here that will speak to your heart. In fact, I'm going to speak something to you this morning that is near and dear to my heart. In fact, in all of my academic career, I've spent most of my time working with the research and the presentation of life calling. I started my academic career in the Center for Life Calling and Leadership, helping students. We like to put a positive spin on it. We called it pre-declared. Most schools called it undeclared, students who didn't know where they were going to go. And we had about 250 students that we'd work with every year in trying to guide them through the process. So I cut my teeth on that, so to speak, and began working and preaching that message because I believe, and let me just say it like this, if you get nothing else, grasp this. I believe that God has called every one of us to his purpose. Now you're thinking about it, so I want to give you a chance to... To, to think it through here, God has called every one of us to his purpose. Every one of us. You're not excluded. Nothing excludes you from God's purpose in this life if we'll but accept him as our Lord and Savior. Nothing. His word is true that he has called us, every one of us. Now, what we like to get into debates about is, you know, what does it mean to be called, right? Because just pastors are called and, and just deacons are called and just song evangelists and professors and Bible college are called, the rest of them, you know, capital C and lowercase c, right? I don't believe that. I believe that every person is called and that God has gifted us with the necessary talents to accomplish his calling, his purpose on our life. I believe that. And I want to spend some time this morning sharing that with you. And that's why we had students come and join us today, because I want to make sure that this message is heard loud and clear, that God is calling you. And you may be very new in your faith, and you may be what does it even mean to have a purpose? What does it even mean to have a calling? And maybe you've been in your faith for a lot of years and you're just like, I still don't get it. And the reality is, is that every person that I've ever come across at some point in their life asks the question, why? Why am I here? Why am I here? And what I often find is that it's at the end of life that we ask that question. Why am I here? When in fact, we should ask that at the beginning of our life. Why am I here? What is God calling me to? So no matter where you are in your faith journey, and maybe you're still asking that question, I want to assure you that God has a calling for you. 
Dr. Bill Miller, a friend and colleague of mine that I've worked with for a number of years, invited me to join him in the research journey of life calling and life purpose nearly 20 years ago. And I've had the privilege to share life, the life calling model that I'll be sharing with you this morning for many, many years in many different settings. And the message of purpose or life purpose with all who will listen because I believe in it that strongly, grounded in the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, if not, it'll be on the screen. I want you to go with me to Jeremiah chapter 29, very familiar verse, in verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. You, you know this verse, right? In fact, we see it printed on pictures and walls, and, and we read it, and we're like, yeah, I can get behind that, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You can get behind that message, right? Oh, come on. Right? But, but what we miss when we just see that verse all by itself is where that verse is found. It's, it's not found in a happy place in the Bible. In fact, it's nestled right in the midst of some of the most difficult times that Israel will experience. They've just gone through Egyptian oppression. They've just gone through Babylonian oppression. They've been captive and taken to Babylon. And, and they're in one of the most difficult times of their existence. If you go a couple chapters earlier, a guy by the name of Hananiah has, has entered the scene and he said, oh, it's not that bad. You'll be out of captivity in about two years. And Jeremiah's like, no, no. No, God said 70, it's going to be 70. But here's what God is promising them, that in the midst of the most difficult moments, if they will but turn to him, if they will but look to him, they're going to find it. God's plan for their life. Not just as a nation, but we can apply this to our lives as individuals, I believe this, that God has a plan for your life. And God has a plan for my life. I believe that. Not to harm us. Now, we may be going through some difficult times, right? You going through a difficult time in your life? Difficult moments? Bad news? Bad whatever? Bad bank account? bad things, experience. but God in the midst of that can still work in your life. God can still work in my life. Jeremiah spoke these words to people who were hurting, people who maybe had even given up hope. Christians facing difficult situations today can take comfort in these words, but I would challenge you, don't miss the context. Don't miss the t context. And as we examine what it means to embrace or to find victory in our life purpose, as we seek to live a victorious Christian life, I believe it's important to examine our lives from three perspectives. First is to look up. Because I believe that God has our answer. God has the answer to the struggles that you are going through to the search that you are uh, establishing in your life. God has the answer. Look up. Then we have to look in, right? We have to understand who we are. This is going to make sense in a moment. We have to look in, and then we have to look out. 
How can we impact the world as a result of looking up, looking in, and looking out? Let's look at those things. First of all, I want you to notice our foundational values. Your foundational values, my foundational values are a key to everything else that happens in your life. In other words, what you believe matters. Got kind of quiet. Are you thinking? What you believe matters. What you believe will impact your life. You see, there's a number of things. There's our faith, and there's our character, and then there's the service, that which we interact with around in the world. Taking our faith and our character and applying it to service to the world around us. And then, then there is our unique design, the way that God has created us, how he created me, how he created you. And then last is our personal mission. In what context does God want us to carry out what we believe and how he's uh, designed us in the world around us? Because every one of us has been called. Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite cookie? I just read a re- how many of my doctoral students here will appreciate that? I found some research that supports this. How many doctoral students do I have here that, are, that, are, that have gone through? There we go. All right, some of you. All right. I found some research that says that chocolate chip cookies are number one. How many chocolate chip cookie people out there? Really? Not, not as many as I thought. But just about what the research said. Okay, here's another question for you. How many of you like sugar cookies? Oh, my. Do, 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 do some of you not like cookies? Because not a lot of the back people raise their hands. Oatmeal, ra- oatmeal raisin? I don't... I don't think there were enough hands here for the oatmeal raisin. You're just louder. <laughs> so I don't know if you're trying to convince everybody else that an oatmeal raisin cookie is better than a chocolate chip cookie or not. But more hands went up for the chocolate chip cookies, all right? Nothing like a chocolate chip cookie, right? Chocolate chip cookies. But let me ask you a question. I just happen to have a a, a really real chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, right? Those are some of my favorite cookies right there, right? But let me ask you something. What if you're a sugar cookie in a chocolate chip world? So I raided my wife's cupboard this morning or last night in preparation for this and I thought you know what we can make this into a chocolate chip cookie you think we can how many all of them all right all right all right and then, if you know my wife, she, she knows more about tools probably than I do, so I brought her toolkit. You probably wonder what this was. This is a real toolkit, and it has a pink hammer. This is my wife. So I thought what we could do was to turn that 
sugar cookie. I don't think that looks much like a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, some of y'all look at me like, what in the world? Right? It's not a chocolate chip cookie. Right? It's not. But sometimes that's the way we feel when it comes to our life purpose and our calling. We've been hammered and pounded on. Listen, pastors, listen, parents, listen, students, listen to me for a moment. God's called you for a purpose, and he's designed you for that purpose. And sin may have had its way in your life in some capacity, but God is still able to work in your life. He's still able to use you as he designed you. But you've got to put your hands or your life into his hands, into your hands. Let's go back to the model just for a moment. Foundational values, unique design, personal mission. Those three things. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to find out what you believe. Everyone, listen to me. It's not enough that you believe what your pastor believes, your parents believe, what somebody else believes. It's important what you believe. Your faith is key. You have to have, a, listen to me, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It cannot be a secondary relationship through somebody else. It has to be your primary relationship, and you, as an individual, have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or this doesn't really matter. This presentation just doesn't matter. If you're not willing to take Jesus Christ into your life and apply what he has given to us in his word into your life, it doesn't really matter. I can talk to you all day about life calling and life purpose, and you're just going to be um, staring back at me blankly. Like, I have no idea what he's talking about. That's the first thing that has to happen in your life. You have to be a believer. You have to accept Jesus Christ into your life. And then the second thing you've got to do is that you have got to take what you say you believe and apply it to your life. There has to be congruence between what you say you believe and how you live your life. Because you can say all day long that you believe in something, and if you don't live it out in your life, it's just hollow words. It's just hollow words. You've got to be able to take what you say you believe and apply it to your life. And so here's the questions that will, that will align with your foundational values. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about God? I shared this a few weeks ago, but one of the things that I found as stepping into as acting president, one of the things that I was asked, one of the things that I've been challenging myself with is, do you trust God? No, I'm not, I'm not saying is it the words that I preach or the words that I teach or the things that I try to encourage you with. You know, trust in God, believe in God, do what God says. No, what I'm, what I'm saying is, can I trust God? Can I truly trust God? That's my wrestle. And I had to come to the conclusion that I've got to learn to trust even more. And every issue in my life just draws me closer and closer and closer to God. So what do I believe about God? How am I living my faith in the world around me? And how is my faith impacting my world? How is my faith impacting my world? Those are essential questions that I have to answer when it, 
when it applies to my foundational values. Here's the second thing, is my unique design. My strengths, my passions, my experiences. My strengths. How's God designed me? What has God enabled me to do? What gifts has he granted me in this life to use according to his will? I I will never see the fulfillment of my strengths and my gifts in this life outside of his will. Can you accept that? I cannot fully appreciate and experience God in my life and the strengths and the passions and, and the experience that he has given. I cannot fully experience that outside of his will. So, what are the gifts and talents that God has gifted you with? What do you care about deeply? What are your passions that are driving your life? What are the experiences that you're going through right now that are laying the groundwork potentially for your ministry and your work later in life? I never, I I wish I could go back and talk to the 25-year-old me and tell them that very thing. The experiences and the relationships and the things that you're going through right now is going to impact your life. And it's going to have a distinct impact on everything that you do going forward. Everything. But I didn't know that. And so oftentimes I would quickly just pass over, pass over, pass over. Not really taking time to take it in and understand what God had through those things, those, those experiences, those, those opportunities in my life. And then the third point is my personal mission. So when I look at needs and I look at vision and I look at action, what are the deep passions and the world's deep needs colliding in my life? Where are they doing that? What dream, when it comes to visions, meet those needs that inspire you or inspire me as an individual? What steps am I taking right now so that dream, that vision may come to pass in, in, in my life and in my work. And as I was preparing for this, I began to think about how does all of this connect? How, how, do we, how can we appropriately connect our foundational values and our unique design and our personal mission? How can they all come together in an understandable way? Because I was given 35 minutes and I think I've got about 10 left. How can we pull them together in such a way that that will allow us to assess our own life? To say, God, am I realizing your foundational values? Am I really believing what I say I believe? Is my unique design, who God has created me to be, is that really being realized in my work and my ministry? What are you calling me to? How are you calling me there? I found this interesting passage in Genesis chapter 2. And I found in verse 8, it says this, In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when you think about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, think about it for a moment. The difference between knowledge and wisdom. You see, we come to college and we get a lot of knowledge, right? Right? We, we, we work, we pay for it, we want to learn as much as we possibly can. We read books, we study, we apply it. But without wisdom, really knowing what God is going to take that knowledge and apply it into our life in a special way, 
so that we can be effective in every setting that God has called us to. Go to that same chapter in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And what we, what we realize in this passage, in these early stages of, of humanity, is that God was helping with a focus. That you and I can go back and look and say, either I'm focused on my calling or there's an abduction of my life. And Satan was going to do everything he could to abduct Adam and Eve. Right? Now, let me say that that battle is still raging in our lives today. Satan's doing everything that he can to abduct us away from God's calling in our life. Everything. We have more distractions today than ever before in all of humanity. And we're easily distracted. And what I find more and more in people today is that we're abducted to the things of this world. It's driving our lives further and further away from God. More and more being realized and less focus on what God has called us to do. Again, I believe that God has called every one of us. Our calling, our purpose. You're either responding to a call on your life or to an abduction. The second grouping of passages I wanted to share with you were in John chapter 14, where Jesus is talking to his disciples in the latter days of his ministry and life here on earth. And he said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe that this morning? Now, four people believe that this morning. Let me ask that again. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can you believe that this morning? Do you understand what Jesus is saying? Do you? He's saying he's the way. He's saying he is the truth. He's saying he's the life. Do you think that he's big enough, cares enough about you as an individual to carry out his purpose in your life? Yeah? Do you believe that? He can carry out his purpose in your life. I believe it. I didn't always understand it. But the older I get, the more I understand it. God's calling in my life that he truly is. Jesus Christ is truly the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But thinking back on focusing on my calling or the abduction, in, Ju in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, it says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Am I responding to God's calling in my life, or am I allowing my life to be abducted? Here's the last passage I want to share in regard to this. It's in Matthew chapter 16, because you're either being called to follow the right way or abducted down the wrong way. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will what? Find it. Will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You either release your life to Jesus Christ calling or grasp your life by following the abduction of the world. I want to read another passage to you from Psalm 139. It's going to be on the screen as well. But you'll find these words where it says this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You, listen to me, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Say, say that with me. I, uh, say it like this. I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's do it together because that was horrible. <laughs> I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Fearfully and wonderfully made. You and me have been fearfully and wonderfully made a part of God's plan from the very beginning. It's not just words when we talk about life purpose or life calling. It's not just a cliche, but it's something that we have to embrace and understand as individuals if we're ever going to have it come to pass. You say, how? How can, how can this happen? How can I realize my life purpose? How can I find victory in my calling and what God is calling me to do? Because it seems like all I've got is resistance and the, the, the chocolate chip world that I'm trying to live in, I end up looking like this. How can I do that? How can I do what God is calling me to do? And I have just the answer. In fact, it's not me, it's God. Has just the answer in Romans chapter, chapter 12, verses one and two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. Did you see that? This is true worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I ask the how, right? How? By not being conformed to this world, by not being abducted by the plans that Satan has for my life. Because believe me, you have a calling and Satan has a plan. God has a calling and Satan has a plan. Don't be conformed, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our life calling is simply this, then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. 
Did you see the progression there? Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. Then. You say, how do you get to then? Because it says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. But only then. You see, I think sometimes we want to know what God's will is now, right? Oh, come on. I, I, live in a, I live in the same microwave world that you live in. I want everything yesterday, right? I, 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 heard, I heard a friend of mine once said, I always wanted to be a returned missionary. You, you, you think about that for a moment. Not actually doing it just to have the credentials of being a returned missionary, right? It's sad. We want everything now and quickly. We don't want the relationship. But listen to me, it's the relationships and our relationship specifically with Jesus Christ that's going to make all the difference in our world. And until I can learn to surrender my life to him, until I can truly put my life into his hands and trust him, that apprehension is going to keep me from fully understanding and fully experiencing God's will in my life. I have to allow my life to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that will impact my heart through the saving grace of Jesus Christ and to submit, surrender, turn my life over to him so that I can understand and experience what God's will is. Notice what he says at the end of that statement. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. You want to know what God's will is? You want to know what God's will is? Do you want to know what God's will is for your life? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the transformation, not, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. May that transformational process begin, Lord, in those who have surrendered their life to you. And Lord, if there's somebody here who's wrestling with trying to understand what God's will is for their life, I pray right now, God, that, that they would learn the procedure here, Lord, that's laid out in Romans. I pray, God, that we would not be conformed to this world, not to be, not to be influenced by the things that keep us distracted and abduct us spiritually and physically and emotionally. But Lord, may there be a transformational process that happens in such a way that we can know God's will in our life today, tomorrow, and all the tomorrows to come. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray these things. And everybody said, We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. 
More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.